and welcome to the first episode of How's the Market, a podcast for first home buyers and upgraders that gives you tips, tricks, and up-to-date real estate information from on the ground across Melbourne and Geelong. My name is Tristan Larkin, and with me, I have my co-host, Jonah Howard. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? Doing well, doing well. So I think like a great way to start this off is obviously we're buyers agents. We're on the ground every single weekend going through opens for clients. Um, we cover a fairly broad range across Victoria. So firstly, I just want to ask you, man, how was the uh, how was the opens on Saturday? It was quite quiet out there. It was like 11 degrees and, and pissing down rain. So I'm, not, I'm sure that had something to do with it. But it was quiet. Um, owner-occupied properties... It's kind of been the same where there's an undersupply, so there's still a few people getting through them. However, properties that need a refurbishment, an extension, or a renovation, there's not getting anyone through there like whatsoever. It's pretty typical to what we've seen, I think, for the majority of this year, where the ones that are really struggling, any anything that needs work, um, people are just so scared about having to spend money. The cost of renovation has gone through the roof over the last couple of years, especially, but even recently, and typically they're getting a lot less interest. There's a lot less buyers out there that have got the capacity or the guts to try and take on like a full renovation project at the moment. So typically we're seeing a lot cheaper prices like when they're actually selling and just a lot fewer groups through those opens over the weekend. I think for myself, like so, like for anyone that doesn't know, Jonah is uh, in the Geelong market and he was out there over the weekend. I, I'm in like the southeast of Melbourne. And I was spending a bit of time on the fringe suburbs um, this weekend looking for some clients down there. And interestingly enough, like it is school holidays. So it's the first Saturday of school holidays. Typically, we see that being a bit quieter on the ground. It's not one of the busier weekends. A lot of people are going away. Um, there's usually not that many auctions that are scheduled, even though we did see a few auctions scheduled for this Saturday just gone. Though out on the southeast on the fringe, I went through seven properties out there on Saturday and interestingly enough, all seven properties were from investors that are selling. Now, that is not typical. Um, usually, it's, there's a lot fewer people that are investors that are trying to sell. Though, yeah, this Saturday, there was definitely a huge amount of investor um, properties that were put onto the market. A lot of them weren't done that well either. Like some of them, the tenants are still in there. Houses are extremely messy. They've just sort of opened it and are trying to flog it off. Now, it's that is working um, on the out, on the fringe suburbs in the sub six hundred and fifty thousand dollar market, uh, even the sub seven hundred thousand dollar market out there. Most houses are selling within seven days if they're priced correctly. They're selling within seven days, and like I was going through these homes, and there's people that have been in there for four minutes that are talking to the You're agent. Under supply, you think? Yeah, yeah, they're talking to the agent about how to put offers in on the spot. And it, yeah, you're 100% right, man. It's literally, it's just extreme undersupply. Um, I, I just had a chat with a few people in the opens on Saturday and just said, you know, how, how long have you been looking? And it's like, oh, over 12 months now. And it's, there's a lot of people in that category. So like over, over 12 months is a, is a good chunk of time. They've just watched the interest rates rise and rise and rise. Yeah. And so like what happens to their borrowing capacity, right? Like their borrowing capacity has been killed by minimum 30%, mm. um, you know, sometimes more. And that's, that's a lot. Like if you were, you know, looking at a million dollar property and, you know, you might be looking at a $700,000 property. Like it's, and that's a huge jump, especially people like still stomaching, like having to look further and further out. 
and that's why it can sometimes like people just get caught because and then like each month they get pushed a little bit further out and they're trying to stomach that and keep up with it and as they adjust they're sort of just behind the eight ball the whole way though i wanted to quickly touch on like jonah and i put together like a how's the market which is our blog that we write weekly um, which you can find on our website as well which is www.tommy.com.au though last week we put together um, a bit of an article just pretty much titled why are investors selling so jonah do you want to kick that off and explain a little bit about what that article was about yeah so investors are selling probably for a number of reasons obviously interest rate rises are yeah really going through the roof putting a lot of pressure on people and it's probably an opportunity for investors they've seen this massive bull run that we've had over the past kind of five years and it's probably they're seeing it and licking their lips like this is probably the best time to exit because they're still selling their properties there's such an undersupply that they're still selling so they can cash out they've had a good amount of rent and a good amount of capital growth and now they can cash out and still sell in a bear market so i think that's a lot i think like if you bought five ten fifteen twenty years ago like think of over those time frames, like you've probably done quite well in the Australian market. Like the rising tide lifts all ships. You didn't have to buy great. You could have bought a B grade asset. And still, if you held that for 20 years, mm-hmm. you are probably going to get a really good result. And I think that there definitely was a lot of people. And because and it wasn't just interest rates, remember, like we were seeing large numbers of investors selling from 2020. So, I mean, that was COVID. There was a whole load of things going on in the marketplace at that time. But a lot of people were saying that, well, it's a good market. People are buying things sight unseen. Like maybe we should just put our property up. Like it's, we've obviously done quite all right. So that's obviously like a major reason. It's just people cashing out. And that's, it was like the beginning of when the rental crisis really became an issue. If you bought a property in 2020, you could see it's probably gone up like 10%, 15%, 20% sometimes. And you're seeing an opportunity to cash out. So I completely understand what they're doing. On, on the topic of interest rates, like we've obviously seen 12 interest rate rises over the last sort of like mm. 13, 14 months. And that is obviously going to be one of the huge factors as to why investors are selling. So if you bought a property because you wanted it to be positively geared and put some money into your back pocket each week, there's a good chance that the, the property that was positively geared 12 interest rate rises ago is now negatively geared. And on that same thought train, the property that was purchased that was slightly negatively geared is now extremely negatively geared. So there's a, I mean, it's very, very difficult to hold that property, you know, if your finances weren't right, if you weren't in the perfect scenario when you bought, like, especially if you bought like just before COVID actually as well with a really low interest rate rise, and then you were hit with all of them at once. You're actually above what the serviceability buffer the, the banks had in place at that time as well. So that's a good reason for, for selling if, if you've got like, you know, some financial pressures. And a lot of these people that are investors, like they're typically not a rent investor. Most people that own an investment property have probably got an owner-occupied house as well. And if you've got an owner-occupied house and an investment property and you're starting to feel some financial pressure, it's a much easier decision to make to sell the investment property rather than having to sell the owner-occupied place and then try to go and tackle the rental market. And then do you want to just touch yeah. on uh, the whole reason around like legislation as well? I know that you've done a bit of research on this too. Yes. Yeah, so investment properties in Victoria are going to be really hit with, with some new legislation from the government. So Victorians with second homes or investment properties will now pay a new flat rate tax of up to $975 annually 
plus an additional level on the value of the land. So I really think this is probably a money grab post-COVID by the government that they've had to pay pay out however many millions of dollars, billions of dollars probably, and they're just looking for any avenue that they can to to tax the common man, unfortunately. So the people with just one home and, and an additional home have probably worked incredibly hard to get there. And then now that with interest rate rises and additional taxes, that they're really just killing them. Um, so people with holiday homes are also suffering with potentially a $40,000 absentee owner surcharge for properties that are vacant more than six months in the preceding calendar year. So I'm not sure what they're trying to do that. I, I guess they're trying to attack the rental crisis potentially. That's probably what they're going to be saying anyway. Um, but yeah, I really think they're trying to scrounge up as much money as they can post-COVID. What do you think, mate? Man, I agree. I think that they're in a position now where they've overspent. They've, uh, they've, you know, they've pumped a huge amount of money into the economy. Mm-hmm. It's really blown up in their faces, like which is, I mean, the whole world did it. It's not like Australia was out of the ordinary. Now inflation pretty much across the world is... Yeah a lot too high and they're trying to figure out ways to get that back and I think it's an easy political play mm. for people to target property investors and just frame them as the rich people that you know are evil and trying to destroy the economy in these but the thing is it's not the rich people that own like one investment property if you own one investment property you've worked hard you've probably worked hard for 20 years and you're trying to get ahead absolutely agree and then I just want to like that's three reasons why investors are potentially selling in the market so there's interest rates there's uh investors that are just cashing out there is all the new legislation and taxes that the government has put in place to make things more expensive and more difficult to hold for investment properties but then the fourth one and this is one that i think is actually more common than people think and this is something that we've experienced firsthand one of our clients that we've purchased for recently uh is selling an investment property in order to upgrade so you know investment properties done quite well and we're now offloading that investment property and putting it into the owner occupied family home because and you know people are out there and they're seeing that property prices are beginning to rise even amongst all these interest rate rises and they're trying to get into the premium blue chip suburbs so that they can afford there and they're expecting those to rise in value which is something that we have seen uh, and they're probably the suburbs that are less affected by interest rate rises because most of the people there probably don't even have mortgages. They're the older suburbs, a lot of the period homes, the blue chip um, premium land. And I think just to sort of wrap all of this segment together in regards to the, the why investors are selling. So we're, we're just trying to demonstrate that there's it's not one reason. There's not all of the investors are running because of X, Y, or Z. It's, there, there's a multitude of reasons, but... I think the underlying topic here is that any reason that, it, that that's out there that investors may want to sell, the rising interest rates make each of those reasons more compelling. It's it's a lot easier to offload a property or make these decisions or upgrade when things are about to get a lot more expensive to hold and they're probably not going to change for the short term, which is the next one or two years. So the next topic that I wanted to touch on, and this is one of the reasons why we wanted to really do this podcast we've had lots of good feedback on our blogs and we're just trying to this is an extra effort to get it out there for more people and one of the main topics around how's the market and trying to just capsulate what is happening in the australian real estate market on the ground at the moment i think is very different to what you may be hearing in the media especially if you're watching some of the mainstream news articles you might not be getting a full picture as to what's actually happening on the ground 
And I wanted to touch this on like, I, I, I know that with interest rate rises, there is a potential for a lot of people to list their properties. A lot of people are hurting at the moment. I feel very sorry for the people that have purchased in the short term that may be overcapitalized. And I, I do get that it's hard. Though looking at the market at the moment, look, in six to 12 months time, I'm not an economist. Like I, I actually, I don't think any of the economists have even guessed correctly what's actually happening with interest rate rises or the state of the market. They've all been factually wrong over the last sort of 18 months. <laughs> they've been <laughs> yeah. completely wrong. They've, they've been very far off. Though I'm not going to try and predict that far, mm-hmm. but what I can say is on the ground, if we're looking over the next four, eight, 12 weeks, like coming into this spring market, will there be blood on the streets? I just can't see that happening. And I think that there's just a few factors at play yeah. in the market right now, which essentially just are, are making the, the supply and demand equation unbalanced. And the, the main things that are there at the moment is that firstly, rising rates have, had, have seen new construction loans falling to their lowest level since 2008. So that's loans given to the construction of new dwellings has fallen to the lowest level since 2008. New building approvals have also fallen to their lowest levels since 2012. So what that essentially means is just there's a lot less supply coming onto the market. And that the reason for that is that the confidence in the construction industry is pretty much at an all-time low. Higher renovation costs are deterring buyers from any of the fixer-uppers out there. And that is something that you've quite evidently seen uh, going through opens uh, houses at the moment. Um, do you want to touch on some more of the macro factors at play? Yeah, so I think that I think there's an opportunity there to say that that's probably driving the demand here and the undersupply of properties as well is that there is no, well, there's very few new homes being built. So these people have to live somewhere. So people are still getting out to open, still wanting to purchase, but originally they were going to build, but now they have to buy. They have to buy a property that's that's already established. So I think that that's probably a lot, a lot to do with it. But yeah, as soon as the construction industry, because Australia is ran by the construction industry, it's a huge industry. And when it's lacking, you can really see kind of the, the ripple effect throughout the throughout the economy, I think. Yeah. What do you think, mate? Mate, I totally agree. And like, I've actually, it's interesting that you say that. I've had clients that have called up and jumped on the phone with me that said they were initially looking at purchasing, you know, an off the plan house and land package. It's what all their friends have done. Though after they've sort of gotten a few quotes and they've heard all these media articles and like they've seen Porter Davis go down, you know, a lot of people know people that were building with Porter Davis and are now in like, you know, a whirlwind storm of pain. And they've essentially called us up saying, hey, you know, like I actually don't want to do a house and land package anymore. Like, can you start showing me some of these options for established properties? Like, I, I feel more comfortable doing that. Like, I can actually go and inspect it on the weekend. Well, you'd be stupid to do a house and land package currently. The, the amount of people that have been burnt. That's the, that, and that's what the sentiment's like too. Like, that's what, that's what people are feeling. Yeah, I saw on the... I was driving to Melbourne the other day and I saw on the highway, I think it was Metricon potentially. There's like a massive sign, a billboard for Metricon. And it said that they were... Under it, it's like big Metricon, build your dream home or whatever. And under it, it said, backed by a $7 billion American company. <laughs> so they're trying to tell everyone that they're not going to go bankrupt. 
is basically it. And also, I heard on the radio, I can't remember. Mate, uh, I know where that billboard was. Yeah, you seen it? <laughs> was it Metricon? That's it's it's in the main street of Geelong. Like, I can't remember if it's Metricon or not, but it's like as you're going over the the highway, going into like the Geelong CBD. Yeah, I know where it is. I thought because I saw that sign and I was like, wow, that's interesting. People are just trying to get the confidence back in the construction industry. Yeah, and also I heard on the radio, it's like a a, a local volume builder in Geelong. Uh, they were saying, oh, yeah, we, you don't have to sign anything for 18 months. So, or you can pay like a $1,500 deposit and then you don't have to pay anything for for 18 months. So, they're really trying to, yeah, trying crazy. to get customers basically that and trying crazy. to restore some faith. And so, look, and, and then so to go on from this, so this is what's happening in the construction industry at the moment. This, this is the general sentiment. Things, things are not looking good. This, th- that is the reason why new building approvals have fallen to their slow, lowest level since 2012. But at the same time, rents have also increased in most areas by over 10% in the last 12 months. So many first home buyers are simply trying to get out, to get into the, the, the purchasing market because they're nervous and they're worried about the rental market. So they're actually more so running away from that negative and that fear and that anxiousness that sort of takes place in the rental. Like who knows how much rentals are going to increase in the next three years because I, like, I mean the rental crisis is not a short-term problem. It's not like it's going to be fixed in a couple months' time. Like it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And we have people calling us saying, hey, I just got told that in October I need to increase my rental by $50 per week. So like can you try and help me get into the market before then and I'm just going to cancel the lease mm-hmm. and we'll not renew it. And some people have been sort of sitting on the fence about buying. Maybe they've had the deposit. They've got pre-approved a few times. But, you know, work's pretty busy. Maybe we just, we'll just keep putting it off. We'll keep putting it off. Then they get that phone call from the property manager saying, hey, the landlord wants to increase your rent by $50 a week. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, all right, let's figure this out. Let's jump into the market. Like, it's now or never. And they're, they're trying to push, push into that. And to make to make the rental crisis worse, and, and which is part of the problem as well, net overseas migration from 2022 to 2023 is forecast to increase by 400,000 people and then 315,000 people in 2023 to 2024. And to put that into perspective and, and contextualize that, those 400,000 and 315,000 numbers, the average long-term growth is 235,000 per year. So... This is a lot over what the average long-term growth rate is coming into this marketplace, and they all need somewhere to live. So the rental crisis is... Where are these guys going to go? Exactly right. Where, where are they going to go? Like, what, and what are their options too? Where so, are they, they going to live? And well, a lot of them are going into the major capital cities. So a lot of them are trying to get into the metropolitan Melbourne, the Sydney markets... A lot of them are looking in yeah, Brisbane. I guess they'll go in the in the skyrise apartments. Well, even even there, the the vacancy rates are starting to get low again. So, like in in COVID, those vacancy rates went a lot higher in the in the cities, but now they're starting to get lower again. And that you know, are they going to rent? It's a lot harder to find a rental. Mm. And are they going to buy? So that's sort of like their two options. And if if we just look at this, so. The construction loans and the the new uh, the construction loans are at their lowest. New building approvals are at their lowest since 2012 and 2008. Rents have increased drastically, pushing a lot more people into the purchasing market. Net overseas migration is literally hundreds of thousands of people per year over the long term averages, 
And at the same time that all of this is happening, new properties listed for sale are about 25% lower than the five-year average and drastically lower than this time last year. I I was chatting with a real estate agent a few weeks ago and we were comparing the auction numbers for 2023 in comparison to 2022. And one of the auction dates that I believe it was in May, there was 1,500 properties that went for auction on the same weekend. Uh, but when we looked at the same weekend this year, it was like 800 people. So uh, it's, it's nearly half the amount of properties that were listed on the same Saturday. And like, you know, what are people going to do? Like, just- the, there's just such a massive imbalance between supply and demand at the moment that that is why even after all these yeah, interest rate is. rises, when I'm out at these opens on Saturday, we're seeing like seven days of market in some of these suburbs, you know, like there's, there's just that many people that are trying to get in there. So like, will there be blood in the streets? Will house prices fall off a cliff? I can say confidently that it just won't happen in the next couple of months. Now you've got a, in the media article, which is something that we put in our house, the markets each week, we try to analyze what the media is saying. Is it fair? Is it not? Um, do you want to touch on what you found this week? Yes, mate. So it's just it's just talking about new taxes by the government for for holiday homeowners. So there was there's a family in Portsea who own a holiday home. Obviously, it's probably for the affluent in Melbourne. They escape there to the summer. You ever been down there, mate? The the Portsea pub does a good beer. Yeah, the Portsea pub's a beautiful area. So the median property price in Portsea is two point five million. Yeah, it's a great spot. Um, but the original tax per year is one hundred and six thousand. This family are saying this year it's going to be two hundred and four thousand. So the taxes have doubled. So even people for with a holiday homes, but you, I guess you could say that the people who have holiday homes can probably afford it. But that's an extra hundred thousand dollars in taxes for someone who owns a holiday home. That is just astonishing to me. So they already pay fifty percent income tax, plus they have to pay double on their properties. That is an enormous increase. I don't, I don't know what their motive is for that, but it's huge. Yeah, that that is that is that is a monster increase. For a twelve-month period to increase by hundred thousand yeah. dollars is absolutely monstrous, and and is absurd. People wondering absolutely what that absurd. could be from, so, like so that would be a, a large amount of the the land, the new land tax rates that have been brought in by the Victorian government. This is a Victorian-only tax, um, which is a state-based tax, being the land tax, and they've had changes in how they sort of collect um, land tax, and they're essentially putting a levy on there for a period of time. I believe it's ten years in order to recoup some of their losses from COVID. And it's going to take place from the 1st of July, 2023, but you'll actually start paying that in the 1st of July, 2024. So it's over the next financial year. And, but yeah, God, that is a monstrous increase in how much someone's actually going to be paying on their tax. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a definitely a money grab, but I think it's also, well, probably, hopefully, it's motivating the rental crosses as well. So if you are paying, if you have a house, a holiday house in Portsea and you obviously don't live in it for probably nine months of the year that they're, they're taxing you extra. So hopefully you sell it or you rent it out and then it helps the rental crisis. Maybe. Hopefully that's their motivation and not just Look, I, th- I think I think doing that on vacant properties, especially for holiday homes, I think that's that's fair. Like if we can use those to try to get, you know, the rental crisis under control, yeah. provide some more long term accommodation for, for people. It's not just Airbnbs. Like I, I, yeah, I do, I do believe that that's yeah. a good cause. I'm, I'm not for, you know, I, I think you know the rental crisis is a serious issue. I've got enough friends that are really struggling at the moment trying to find rental accommodation. 
And yeah. I think that something needs to be put in place to try to, to try to fix that. And I think that's a good measure. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Make sure to check out www.tommy.com.au to get access to our How's the Market blog and join the mailing list and we shall see you again in next week's episode. Thank you very much. Until then, bye-bye. Thank you.